Greetings and peace be with you. Friends, what a treasure trove of Sunday liturgical readings we are offered this wonderful season of Lent. And today, this fifth Sunday of Lent, is no exception, as our readings encourage us to find streams of living water in the wilderness and the joy of utter and total crazy love with our Savior, Jesus. So let's jump right into our Gospel reading for today, taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 12. The story starts off six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Shrewdly observe how John wants us to know that merely six days before the biggest event in salvation history is to occur, Jesus comes to one of his favorite places on earth, Bethany. Bethany is not only a safe place for Jesus, it's a resting, friendly respite space for Jesus and his followers. It is a town where his friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus live. You remember and know Lazarus. He is Jesus' beloved friend who he had raised from the dead just a few short days prior to this event just read. And Mary and Martha are the sisters of Lazarus. They too are beloved friends of Jesus. It was Martha and Mary who had Jesus as a dinner guest earlier when you may recall that Martha was busy preparing the meal while Mary was at the feet of Jesus. But more on that in just a bit. Bethany is just a short 1.72 mile walk away from the great city of Jerusalem and the Jewish temple. Being under two miles then allows Jewish locals to walk to Bethany on a Sabbath day without breaking Levitical law. Now, it's not specified in the Bible, but my reading between the lines, my reading into the margins of the text, I envision Bethany as the place where Jesus would retreat to after teaching all day in the temple. It was a friendly place to and for Jesus to refresh himself and then rest so that he could travel back to the temple the following day to teach some more. Everybody, even Jesus, needs a Bethany. If the pandemic has taught us anything, it has taught us all that we need a Bethany, a place where friends are, a place to refresh oneself, a place to rest. I hope you have found your Bethany, whether it is a cabin near a river or as simple as a small room in your home. Everyone needs a Bethany a place to meet with friends, a place to meet with God. Now, if we count back six days from the Passover, we find these particular six days lead us back to a Sabbath day. The Sabbath day, a day of rest for the Jews, a day of celebration and rejoicing with one another, a mini oasis envisioning the age to come with family and friends. More importantly, the Sabbath day comes from the seventh day of creation in the creation story of Genesis, the day when God rested with his creation. Rest meaning God did not take a nap, but God dwelt with and amongst his people. So the Sabbath was the day God chose to dwell with his people in the garden. He created God's Bethany then, as it were. Well, back to the good news. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served and Lazarus was at table with Jesus. 
Now, let me stop there as the sentence is once again packed with meaning. So this is not just a dinner for a few intimate friends. No, from other gospel accounts, we are told that this dinner was held at Simon the leper's house. Wait, what? Simon the leper? Was he still leprous? I hope not. I imagine most who lived in Bethany were at the party. Then we read that Lazarus, the once dead man, now alive, is reclining at table with Jesus. Also, with both Lazarus and Jesus at the table, many from Jerusalem had come out to Bethany, not only to see Jesus, but to see the once dead man now alive. It was quite a crowd, I'm sure. And then we read Martha was serving. You remember the story about Mary and Martha, don't you? From Luke's Gospel, we learn of another dinner party, this time given in the home of Martha and Mary. Martha was serving there as well, working diligently in the kitchen while her sister, Mary, was, believe it or not, incredulously sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary, a woman, listening, learning, leaning into what Jesus was saying, like the men were in the room. And then Martha asking of Jesus, Jesus, don't you care that Mary is sitting at your feet while I'm working in the kitchen? And then that gentle rebuke comes from Jesus. Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. And Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, relax, Martha. I got takeout. Haven't you heard I just fed 5,000 with five loaves and two small fish? Mary, you see, is not distracted. Mary has chosen the better thing. My friends, be like Mary. Get to the feet of Jesus, listening, learning, leaning into what Jesus is saying. Unfortunately, time does not allow us to delve into the other scene in which these sisters are prominent in the life of Jesus. That scene being described in John chapter 11 when Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. I will just simply say we notice in that story, Mary is found once again at the feet of Jesus. And so with all this background, we come to the nub of the tale. Mary, instead of helping to serve with the meal, chooses to serve the Lord. The text tells us that Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Once again, we find Mary at the feet of Jesus. This time, though, she has procured costly perfume and begins to lavishly anoint Jesus' feet with the perfume, so much so that the entire house is filled with the pungent aroma of pure nard. Then, astonishingly, Mary lets down her hair and wipes Jesus' feet. Now, why would she do this? Was she simply crazy? or crazy in love with Jesus. As I see it, Mary has been paying attention. Mary has been listening. Mary has leaned into what Jesus had been saying. Mary witnessed her brother Lazarus, once dead, brought back to life by Jesus. 
Mary has put two and two together and has reasoned Jesus was in Bethany for the purpose to go to Jerusalem and then be killed. Mary then, in love, not lust, with Jesus, anoints his body and ends up at Jesus' feet in a pure act of worship. Instead of being distracted by the cares and worries of life, Mary finds herself at the feet of Jesus once again, and this time with a bottle of expensive perfume anointing her Lord. My friends, find your Bethany and get to the feet of Jesus. Today and every day, stop being distracted by the cares and worries of this world. Sell everything you have and get to the feet of Jesus. The Apostle Paul in our second reading today from Philippians tells us that he, Paul, got to the feet of Jesus. Paul tells us that for him to get to the feet of Jesus, he suffered the loss of all his worldly wealth, all his worldly prestige, and lost his esteemed esteemed place in society, all in an effort to get to the feet of Jesus. Paul states that looking back to all of his worldly things, he says they are like rubbish compared to knowing Christ. More accurately, the Greek word used here means like dung or excrement. Some commentators go so far as to say like menstrual cloths. To explain more is redundant and unnecessary. We all understand for Paul, compared to the knowledge of knowing Jesus, everything in life is of no value. We would do well to do the same. Get to the feet of Jesus. Now in this story of extravagant love, there are plenty in the room who are not found at the feet of Jesus. In fact, Most in the room are repulsed at the thought of getting to the feet of Jesus. That fact is best illustrated on the following page in John's Gospel, when at the Last Supper none of the disciples were willing to wash anyone's feet, leaving Jesus himself to do the job. No, most in the room did not see this as crazy love, but they saw it as the woman was crazy. Judas speaks as much for the group as he speaks for himself. Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? Not that Judas cared for the poor, but he said this because he cared about himself. Judas, as the others were, was distracted by the cares and worries of this world. Judas, as well as the others, was not paying attention to Jesus' words. Judas, as well as all of the others, was not listening to Jesus. None of the disciples were leaning into what Jesus had to say. Judas, as well as the others, added up two and two and came up with five. They saw, heard, and understood Jesus the way they wanted to see, hear, and understand Jesus. And instead of getting to the feet of Jesus... They were getting ready to run away from Jesus. How did Jesus feel about all this? Leave her alone, Jesus declares. This is the second time Jesus tells folks to leave Mary alone. 
the first time being when he gently rebukes Martha for not being at Jesus' feet and for being worried and distracted by things of this world. Jesus says, She has bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is not craziness. This is crazy love. Well, so what? What are the implications for you and me today? Simply, get to the feet of Jesus. Notice I didn't say get to church. I said get to the feet of Jesus. It starts in the home, not in a building. It starts in Bethany and not in Jerusalem. It starts when we meet with Jesus daily and then bring that meeting to others in our home. Then bring those in our home to the church. And by church, I mean the people of God, not the building. How do I get to the feet of Jesus, you ask? Start with a daily quiet time of prayer and reflection. That quiet time may be finding the time to pray or listen to daily morning prayer. It takes around 14 to 17 minutes to read or listen to morning prayer. Move the chaos in your life aside and then slide in peace and joy and join us for 14 to 17 minutes in the morning to pray morning prayer. Another way of getting to the feet of Jesus may look like living out the seasons of the liturgical calendar in your home. Lent is a good place to start this. Some of us here have chosen to get to the feet of Jesus this Lent by placing aside a distraction and replacing it with prayer, reflection, or meditation. And then if you're living in a home where someone has dedicated to set aside a distraction, then give them your full support. Walk alongside them and help them. The same is true for the church. If anyone among us has set aside a distraction to walk closer with Jesus, let's throw our full weight and support behind that person. Now may I suggest that when Lent is over and the season of Easter begins, May we daily add something to celebrate the bodily resurrection of Jesus. In Lent, we take away. During Easter, let's daily add something which brings us joy. N.T. Wright suggests we start each day with a mimosa. Perhaps we add watching the sunrise or sunset. Perhaps we add bacon to our daily routine. Perhaps we add kissing our loved ones. I don't know what might bring you joy, but figure something out and add it to your daily routine. By living the liturgical season in our homes, we add a dynamic option to help us get to the feet of Jesus. It was Mother Teresa who said, If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. If you want to get to the feet of Jesus, put aside your desires, your wishes, your ideas, and replace them with Jesus' desires, Jesus' wishes, Jesus' ideas for you. And then go and love your family. There are a host of other ways to get to the feet of Jesus. And if you need more suggestions, I'll be glad to speak with you. But may I suggest that first you turn down the distractions of this world 
and turn up the volume of Jesus. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Hear the words Jesus is expressing. Lean into the word of life, Jesus. Then get to the feet of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.